strengthen me. Last week we dealt with faith perspective. Faith perspective. Faith perspective. Having the right view of faith. Today we're going to deal with faith in action. So you can have the right perspective. But unless your faith becomes a verb and have action behind it, it doesn't matter how much faith perspective you have. Your faith will work for you if you work it. (laughs) But if you don't work it, it won't work for you. James helps us with that. He says your faith must have action or work behind it. Because anybody can talk a good game. Uh, But the truth is, can you walk a good game? It reads, our reading says, Now to him who is able to do, who is willing to do, exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. God is already at work. He's already working it out. He's already working on you right now if you are his. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, work your faith. Work your faith. Work your faith. Amen. 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 Faith is really a verb. It's action. Father, even now, as we get ready to preach, move Tracy out the way. Allow your Shekinah glory to fall fresh on me. Give increase. Give increase. Give increase. Give increase. Set the atmosphere, Lord, so that we may be receivers of your word. Speak to every one of us. Allow us to see what you want us to see. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So, Lord, I I need a picture. Lord, I need a picture so that people can see faith in action. The Old Testament give us picture of the New Testament principles. That as I expound the New Testament, I look in the Old Testament to show you a live example of what it looks like in, lo- in, in living color. See, see, we can talk faith all day, but until you can visualize and see how you apply it in your everyday life, <laughs> everyday life, it, it really makes no, no paradigm shift no thinking shift. Because some of us think that faith is coming to church this morning. And for some of us, it, it was, it was a battle, it was a fight, and all that. But if your faith stops here, I mean, then you really don't have a clear picture of, 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 a, of a faith perspective where, where every day you walk in this. Every day it ought to affect your decision. 
every day. You ought to be walking in the supernatural because our God is a supernatural. Listen, listen, listen. Just to have joy in the midst of your stuff is supernatural. Just to maintain peace is supernatural. Just to be able to face your situation and keep your head on your shoulders is supernatural. But wait a minute. It's ours if we want it. The picture I want to show you today is in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's, it's David and Goliath's story. I know you're familiar with this story, but don't run ahead of me. You may miss some things if you run ahead. I don't understand how David, so young, caught this. If we do our math right, there's eight brothers. Three of them is in the army. Israel back then, you had to be 21 years old, which means that if you count three brothers, 21 and older, and then the rest have to be 20, 21, 22. Let's, let's go back. 20, 19. 18, 17, David being the eighth, 16. No older than 16 years old. At that, many commentators say that he was probably 15. Josephus, which was a historian, Jewish historian, said he was 10. I really don't believe he's 10, but I do think he's somewhere between the 14 to 16 year old, and somehow David is walking in. Don't discount the faith of young people. Matter of fact, we as a church need to tap into it. Because let's be honest, some of our old folks ain't changing. We're settled in what we believe. We ain't changing. Don't tell me to change. It done got me to this age. It would care. And what we don't know is we stuck in a rut. And, and, and because, because we all say, we think we know everything. Oh, that's right. It's Super Bowl. I don't want to mess up y'all Sunday, but even Jesus, knowing that he paid taxes for him and Peter, and you only pay for taxes for those that are 21 and older, saying that him and Peter was the adults and everyone else was under 21. My brothers and sisters, it's not really the age, it's the mindset. You can be walking in tremendous faith and walking in newness at 80. But you got to be young in spirit. You got to be willing to be flexible. You got to be willing to always be learning. No, what? It's your body gets old. Your spirit don't get old. Matter of fact, your mind don't really get old. But since we feel old, we begin to... 
They've been somewhere around 15 and 16. Chapter, chapter, chapter 16 of 1 Samuel, he has already been anointed as king inside of his brothers. Watch this, watch this, watch this. He is anointed as king and go back to tending sheep. Can God trust you with showing you the future without you messing it up? Hold on, what's it, what's it, what's it? He is anointed king by the prophet, and David forgets about it and go back watching his father's sheep. Some of us, if God showed us the future, he couldn't trust us with it because we would run ahead trying to, trying to make what happen what God can only do by himself. I don't know if I told y'all this story, but it fits in this story. As an associate minister, I used to come here early in the morning on Sunday mornings, and one Sunday morning before anybody was here, it was seven years before Pastor Smith left. I was walking, I was walking back there where the ushers are sitting, where the greeters are sitting, and the Lord's Spirit spoke to me as I'm going to make you pastor of this church. You know what I did? I cried. I was crying. Hold on, wait a minute. Nobody knew. You know what I did? I shut my mouth. Seven years later, I was, I was, I don't know why I was there. I don't remember. Dr. Smith was in his office. I walked in his office and tears was lapping up down his face. I said, what's the matter? He said, God is moving me. I've been fighting it, but I can't fight no more. Then he looked at me and said, and I believe God is calling you to be the next pastor. I cried again. Y'all don't understand. My, 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 I was going to be an evangelist. I was going to come in and leave. I saw how y'all treated Dr. Smith. And I said, oh, no, not me. <laughs> because I saw the, I saw it. Wonder if I would have went about trying to make myself pastor after he told me. Wonder if I would have started flapping my mouth instead of keeping it to myself. Some of y'all, God showed you something, but he can't trust you with it. God will only show you what he can trust you with. Because God will show you only what he can do, and he don't need your help doing it. <laughs> he showed David some 13 years before God did it, because he could trust David with it. And he went back doing, being faithful with what he was already doing. Some of us, why would God promote you when you're not faithful where you are now? Here he is, tending sheep. His dad said, I want you to go down because the Philistines and the Israelites is, is at war. And his father said, 
David, go check on your brothers. See how you're doing. See how, how they're doing. David being obedient, go down there. You know, how can I say this? <laughs> okay. The things that we think is accident is orchestrated by God. You cannot leave nothing out, God out of any equation in your life. He is not a God that sits far away. He's right here, right now, in the midst of everything. If you let him, he will orchestrate your life. Faith in action says that though I don't understand what he's doing, I know that God got me. I'm going to stay right here till my change comes. I believe in God. I got hope and an expectation. I don't like where I'm at, but I know God is in control. So I, can I blow some of your mind? Can I blow your mind? God put Trump in as president. Because if God didn't allow it, he wouldn't have been there. Some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Well, why would he do that? It got you praying, don't it? Hello! You better learn how to depend on God. You better know God for yourself. Show sure enough now. Everybody calling on God. I think church is going to get full because we scared. God said, you're right where I want you. <laughs> Whenever we put our faith in anything other than him, we in trouble. Whenever you turn to anybody else but God. Sometimes God got to put you in trouble to let you know you need him. But he need, but you need him before you got in trouble. Trouble that's made you recognize you need him. Turn to your and say, we need him now. We, we need him real bad. We, we need him real bad. But the truth is, we need him. First Samuel 17, 26, David goes down, and when he goes down, he hear this giant, and, he, and he's talking smack. Don't you know your problems will talk smack to you? You got to get to the place where you quit listening to all the stuff. Listen, there's nothing wrong with listening to the news. Something wrong if you listen to the news more than you read the word. If you fill your mind with negative, negative will be your perspective. The word of God is faith. And you got to know that I'm covered. My children is covered. God's going to work it out. God cares for me. God loves me. 
God hears me when I pray. Did you know you can change things by your faith? God will move mountains for you. God will stop the storm. Speak to your storm. Say, storm, in the name of Jesus, stop. The only thing God wants us to stretch and lay out and make him happy is our faith. I don't care how much you come to church. If you don't have faith coming to church, he's not. I don't care what organization you're part of. If you're not doing what you're doing by trusting him. Can I get personal? Let me get personal. Whenever I doubt God, I go back and repent. Because when I think about all that God has done for me, how in the world can I catch myself not trusting him when I got a portfolio and resume of the miracles he has already done? (laughs) I don't have to go very far to see how good He's been to me. But wait a minute. If you check out your portfolio, if you check out your resume, God's been good to you too. How dare we not trust him with what he already done in the past? David gets indignant because David has a faith perspective that this Philistine has no right to talk about his God and God's people. Wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. David, no, God gave us this land. And nobody has the right to come take our land. Hold on, hold on, hold on. David, don't you see he's a giant? So what? Don't you see he's a warrior? So what? I'm standing on God's promises that God gave it to us. And then y'all are allowing this devil, this demon, this talk smack and take away what God gave us? And y'all standing here afraid? Don't you know he crossed over the boundaries? There are spiritual boundaries that when the devil cross over, God says, you got the right to stand up. Ah, ah. I think I need, I need to say that again because many of us haven't been taught this. When the devil come take your peace, when the devil come take your joy, he has no right. He has no spiritual legal right to take what 
God gave you. So watch this. So, so, so you ought to get mad. You ought to get indignant. You ought to stand up and say, no, 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 no. of us has become acquainted with his acts and not with his ways. Just because you know his acts don't give you the ability to walk in faith because it didn't change your paradigm. The psalm said Moses knew his ways while the children of Israel knew his acts. Listen, they saw the power. They saw the Red Sea open up. They saw the ten plagues, but they still was complaining. I am making a conscious effort not to complain. Takes work. But complaint means we was not affected by what he has already done. Complaining means that I don't trust God for anything more than what he has already done. Don't you know that the children of Israel did not make it into the promised land because they kept on? The power of life and death is in your own tongue. We can speak death to our own hopes, our own future, our own purpose, because we're not talking in faith. Listen, God requires us to walk in faith. That's a requirement for your blessing. He's not going to change the way he operates. We got to operate in what he blesses. God is logical. You can figure out his way. God will show you precept upon precept, line upon line. And the reason why some of us don't know much because we don't do much. If God is a lamp onto my feet, 
He's saying to me, I will show you the very next step. Don't expect me to show you two steps. I'm going to show you the next step. Now, once we take that step, he'll show you the next step. There was a, such a thing that the Jewish people had, because it gets dark over there at night. It was ankle lamps. They would put little things on their ankles. It would be a candle. So at night, you can see the next step. Now, over there, rocks are all over the place. So you don't walk where you can't see. But if you need to go someplace, you will put on ankle lamps. And that lamp will give you enough light for the next. You know what God is doing with you? But watch this. But if I choose not to take the next step, God's not going to show me no more steps. So we're stuck. Because we're not taking the step that we know to take. And until you do that, watch David. David was standing with men by him. And, and watch David's face. He said, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and take this reproach from Israel? You know what David is saying? I'm going to kill me some Goliath. Let, 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 me, let me show you. Because he's already asking, when I kill him, what blessing is going to be mine? Did you see, you see where I'm coming from? He said, I'm not just going to kill him, but I want the blessings that come with killing him. Since I'm going to kill him for you, you might as well bless me for it. Hold on. There's no doubt in his mind because he knows he has no legal right to step on Israel's ground. So David it already got up in his mind. He already sees Goliath as dead and he already said, okay, now that that's already taken care of, I want to know what blessing am I going to get for killing him. Did you know that God, you're not waiting on God to bless you. God's waiting on you to step into your blessing. It already been said what would be happening. The blessing already laid out. All David had to do is go do it, and he knows this. <laughs> 28. Eliad is the oldest brother with me. He's at least 23 years old. David is 16. Don't expect your family to get on the bag wagon. He's not even talking to his brother. 
But his brother is listening to the conversation. And he begins to talk to David and say, I know you. Won't you go back? Well, who did you leave those few, few shit? Know what he's doing? You ain't nothing, David. You know, hold on. And this brother was there when the prophet anointed David. Listen, if you're going to get caught up and lose heart at the first folks that talk about you, whenever God's going to promote you, expect others to sit back and talk about you. I hate to say this. It comes with the territory. Hold on. Now watch this, watch this, watch this. It'd be different if it was outside of the home, but this is the inside of the home. Some of us are fighting the wrong battle. What if David turned from Goliath and started fighting with Eliab? Now, hold on. If he get caught up in a back and forth, David is not qualified to fight Goliath. If you get caught up fussing with everybody, you got to be able to take criticism and not fight back. You got to be able to have folks not like you and you shake it off. You got to be able that folks will, will criticize you and you take it with a smile. Because if you get caught up with the fall, small scrimmages, listen, God didn't call you to fight with the chickens. What was that? Huh? Huh? You were what? What is that? Huh? You go up. You don't stay down. Fight. You, you, you. Go where they can't find you. Go where they, where they say, wow. Watch David's response. David said, what have I done now? Which is an indication that his family always put him down. He used to it. He used to it. See, he kind of like say, what have I done now? Isn't there a cause? And then watch this. He turned from his brother and asked questions again. You know what God is saying? Every fight isn't worth fighting. You can't come in cocked and loaded. You gotta have a big enough heart 
that you, that you become vulnerable and take some time. And yes, it hurts, but wait a minute. People who criticize you sometimes will help you go to the next level. Number one, it makes you check yourself to put things in order. You, you eat the fish and spit out the bones. So, though the devil means it for evil, God means it for good. It takes you to the next higher level. You begin to put things in order. Listen, when God takes you higher, it's a, there's, there's an accountability that goes with it. Don't ever think that, that go to the next level is easy. And for some of us, the reason why God won't take us to the next level is because we're not handling where we're at. David, at this young age, somehow understands the ways of God. Somehow he understands that, that this battle is greater than my brother. My brother don't understand. So, so I'm not, I ain't going there. I love you, but I got purpose on my life. God's taking me somewhere. And, and, and in my vision, I got to see what's important because everything come your way isn't from God. That's some folks you can't take with you. And that's some folks you better leave alone. I don't care how good they look, leave them up. They, they hear him talk and then they bring him the saw. It's all again said in verse and verse. 17, 35, and 37. He, well, 33 and 35. You know, and, and they said, you can't fight him. He said, you don't know where I've been. You don't know what I... God will train you when nobody's watching. How can I say this? Some of y'all think y'all know me, but y'all really don't know my story. And I've told y'all a lot of my story, but there's some parts of my story y'all can't take if I told you. So in me preaching the stuff I'm preaching, I'm preaching it because I have experienced it. Because God don't always put you on display in front of everybody. Most of the hardest stuff is when, is when you out in the desert someplace. And you're learning the principles of walking. So folks will judge you from the outside, but they don't have a clue what God done put on the inside. And you don't have to be upset about just walking what you know. You be who you are. Notice that they try to put... 
Saul stood on David. David said, I can't walk in this. I haven't been trained in this. But I sure know how to take a sling and a rock. I can hurt something. Be who you are. To David, I don't understand how you think you're going to go up against him. He says, I'm going to use where I've been. Did you hear that? My experience has taught me the ways of God. He says, see, I was tending my father's sheep, and a lion had a nerve to come take one of my father's sheep. Now, you got to understand, that sheep wasn't the lion's property. It was my property. So I went and snatched the lamb out of the lion's mouth. Then the lion had the nerve to turn on me. He didn't know what he was in for. Every time you go through a battle, it ought to prepare you for the next battle. Your faith, your experience ought to get stronger. Stuff that used to bother you don't bother you no more. The devil tried to come at you the old same way. You said, huh. You laugh at it. Every year, you ought to grow a little bit stronger in your deepness, your relationship with Jesus. He said, then a bear came after me. He said, I snatched the lamb out of the bear's mouth, and that bear had the nerve to turn on me. I killed him too. Now watch David say, this uncircumcised This, 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 don't know God, devil, who's talking smack. He don't know who I am. He don't know who my God is. And he has no right to be on our territory. I'm going to kill him just like I killed them. Are you able to talk your faith? Are, are you talking faith before it happens? I believe you need to talk to your storm. I believe you need to open up your mouth and say, I spoke to the... Notice, David isn't praying to God. He already standing on the promises of God. When God has already said it, now it's up to us to stand on it. You don't have to pray for it because God said it's already done. You start thanking him, praising him, celebrating. The reason why some of us haven't taken to the next level, God's waiting for you to open up your mouth and start praising him. Listen, not after. Where's Lynette at? 
Thank you for that sandwich illustration. There ought to be praise before, then praise afterwards. Many of us want a one piece of bread sandwich. We want to praise afterwards. But God said, no, you're not going to get the meat till you start praising me ahead of time. I know, y'all ready to go, okay, okay. David is assured. He's talking with such faith that even the king, who was head and shoulders over everybody else, it should have been him, but they said go. Do you know what has given David the ability to walk in this type of faith action? Is that his experience of God's deliverance with the bear and the lion changed this paradigm. He's not talking what he heard. He's walking in what he knows. When you know something, you have a different attitude. Oh, y'all don't hear me. You walk different. You act different. You talk. When, when, when you know that you're God's and you know that God got you covered and you know that he's for you and he's not a faraway God, but he's a right now God right here, right now. Stuff just don't mess with you no more. Now, hold on. Life is going to happen, but you're not affected by life the same way. You, you now, you, you praising God anyhow. Let me, let me t- you don't have to act and look like what you go through. You may be going through something, but you don't have to talk like it. You don't have to act like it. You know why? When you know God, you know God's going to deliver you sooner or later. You know God's going to make a way out of nowhere. You know that this is just another test of your faith. So you know what you do? You start talking like he already done it. Watch Job. Been through. Been through some stuff. Been through some stuff. But his experience has taken him to the next level. Listen to Job. He said, Lord, I thought I knew you. But I realized what I thought I knew was like rumors in my ear. He said, but Lord, now I see. You know what the difference between hearing and seeing? Seeing changes your perspective. Seeing gives you vision. Hearing is trying to understand it. But vision is 
I see. I got it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Don't, don't, don't go ahead of me. Vision is, though I don't see him with my physical eyes, I see him with my spiritual eyes. And what I see with my spiritual eyes is more real than what I see with these eyes. So I make a choice to look beyond what you see. I'm not looking at the natural world, but I'm looking at the supernatural world. And when I see God is in the midst of my situation, and even though my situation hasn't changed, my perspective got me praising him. Even though you don't see nothing, I see something. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I said, when you see it, you don't need nobody else to see it. When God has shown it to you, you don't need confirmation from nobody else. I wonder today, is there anybody in the house see my Jesus? Is there anybody in the house see my God? Is there anybody in the house see that he's good at all times? Is there anybody that sees he's the Alpha and Omega? Is there anybody that sees he's a blesser and he cares for you? Is there anybody, anybody knows he's worthy to be praised? Is there anybody that know my God will make a way out of no way? Is there anybody that know that God will come see about you? Is there anybody that knows he's not just good sometimes, he's good all, all, all. waiting on us. We think we're waiting on him. And he's waiting. <laughs> waiting on you. He wants to bless you. He wants to save you. He wants to show himself to you. You gotta come. You gotta come say, Lord, I'm tired. I'm tired of doing it my way. And I now turn it over to you. Lord, they said that you'll bind up a broken heart. Lord, they, they said that you would set the captives free. Lord, they said that you would turn my ashes into beauty. So I come just like I am. 
for I come to you. Is he calling you? Do you feel the tug of your heart? That's the spirit of God saying he loves you. He died for you. He rose for you. And he's standing making intercession for you. Are you here? Come on. Come on. Let's walk this together. Come on.